G'day, I'm Washi Ginsburg. Welcome to Cocktails and Roses. Alicia Aitken Radburn is here. How are you, Leash? I am great, and I can't wait to get into these episodes because we're really starting to see some deep relationships forming. I think the word you're referring to is a strong connection. There's <laughs> lots of strong connections showing up. Look, we're about to spoil the absolute pants off episodes five and six of The Bachelor. Like, this is like if you cooked a really yummy carbonara, all right, and then you maybe had a little too much Chianti and you left it on the stove, didn't put it in the fridge, but you made enough for lunch the next day and you woke up in the morning and it had been quite a warm evening in the summertime and you went, oh no, my lunch is spoiled. This is going to be spoilier than that. So, stop listening to this. Open up the 10 Play app. Watch episodes five and six of season nine of The Bachelor, the one with Jimmy, the plane guy. Yep, and we'll get to it. All right, so Leash, this week, um, look, Brains versus Brawn was amazing. Tribal Council, yet again, were... <laughs> oh, hang on. No, that's right. This is the Bachelor, this is the bachelor podcast. It's the Bachelor podcast. Wrong show. Talking tribal. You're just trying to get a spot on the Talking Tribal podcast. I see you. <laughs> Aren't you? Aren't you? Isn't, isn't Survivor amazing? Anyway, Savatula. We're here to talk about Savatula. There was now famously Abby Chatfield dropped a heck of a lot of C bomb. Now did she leash? Did she say the C bomb, Abby? In Matt Agnew's season? Yeah, I guess I gotta go do a rewatch. <laughs> You don't remember the dog cunt episode? Oh, no, that was Monique, though. Oh, yeah, while she was... Oh, that's right. While she was telling Matt Agnew, she did not beat around the bush. She didn't censor herself. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We've had a lot of the C-bomb travel through our beautiful show. Yeah. (laughs) And once again, Alicia, I'm sure this is a word that you heard when you were in the mansion, yet for whatever reasons... The production team, the post team have gone, you know what, we'll leave that part in. I don't know what you're talking about, Osha. My my group of girls, we were basically little angels sitting in the match and knitting, crocheting, thinking about the honey badger. <laughs> if ever there was a year to have the C-bomb dropped all over the place, it would have been that one. But clearly, Jimmy was unaware about the see you next Thursday situation from the other night. See you next Tuesday, not Thursday. Well, we're not on on Tuesdays. That's that's that Survivor. So at least oh, if we say see true. you next Thursday, that's at least, you know, an episode of The Bachelor. Always forward sell. Always tease with a call to action. It's Broadcasting 101. But Jimmy was very much a ruin the headlights there when he was, you know, faced with it, wasn't he? The fact that Jimmy doesn't know about, like, so Jimmy doesn't know about this See You Next Tuesday situation, but he still decided to take Steph on the date. And I think that the girls were not particularly pleased. And I'm really, this date has left me really rolling through my thoughts because I actually thought that they, I thought it was a really lovely date. They went to Flight Simulator, Darling Harbour. I used to work at the Kingpin next door, the M9 laser skirmish. Very cool first job. But I thought it was an objectively really lovely date. And I just have a feeling that I think that maybe Steph 
will have fallen out of favor with not only the girls, but potentially a segment of the audience. And I think that's kind of a shame because I think that it was a really nice date and I think that they really clicked. And I'm really intrigued now. Like, obviously, Osha, this is going to get back to Jimmy at some point. And I am really wondering what his reaction will be to it. Because if someone came up to you without much context at all, without knowing how she said it, which was bad, let's take us back to last podcast episode. I do not agree with Steph's behavior, but I don't know when you're translating that to through a third party as like hearsay and you, if I say, if I come up to you, Osher, and I say, our producers called me a see you next Tuesday, it's really hard to, you would be, you would be quite taken aback by that. What do you think? I am from a very different school of thought about this word as we have discussed already. All right, and let's just just for the ins- just for the sake of argument, let's sub it out with. I know it's a word that my friends and I used to use to sub it out. Clacker. All right. Clacker. Nice. So every time I say the word clacker, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Rhymes yeah. with hunt. All right, <laughs> or front, or shunt, or bunt, or I had so much tequila I was munted. So clacker. When I say the word clacker, that's what I'm subbing in there. All right. So yeah. For example, if it was like Alicia. She was late for the podcast record. What a clacker. All right. That perhaps a problem. Alicia. Oh my God. I love working with her. She's a top shit clacker. It's a, it's a contextual thing. All right. (laughs) I have called you the C word twice. One of them, not great. Okay. So in my opinion, Steph was just, it was literally like being around, you know, the poker table and she's going, ah, Oh, my God, what a clacker. Anyway. Yeah, I thought it was a frustration thing rather than a, like, I don't think it was the best form, like, not the best way to express herself. But I guess I'm nervous that people will will have watched these episodes, watched this date. I'm a little bit nervous that she's going to be, like, absolutely villainized. And I think that we need to speak about these things with a little bit more nuance. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the thing. Obviously, in the first episode, she was like, I can't stand pilots, hate pilots, dated a few of them, such and such and such and such. Don't like pilots. Yeah. No pilots, 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 bad, bad, bad. <laughs> and uh, I think it's important, though, that we as humans give other humans the space to change their minds. I think it's very important that we give Steph the space to be proven wrong about her broad generalizations about an entire class of our working community. She has, she has of yet not apologized though, and not acknowledged that she did say it and stuffed up. So I think that's going to be a defining way of how we sort of look at this. But is she there for them or there for Jimmy? It's true, but I just don't think we should be. T- if we if we call someone a clacker, we've got to be upfront and we've got to say clacker is like so comical as well. I know, right? It's great. Oh, so what did you think of the date itself at the flight simulator? Like they were very. And Steph was like really throwing out the facts that she like knew what the forward throttle was, etc. Yeah. Let's be honest. If the relationship that she was in was as she described, she's worked hard to gain that intel. You know, so by all means, you let us know about the downward thrust of the forward flaps of an A330. You go for it, girl. Like let him know that you know what's going on. I mean, I'm the same. When I was around Jimmy, I was like looking up going, oh, look at that. 
737-800. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's interesting. He'd be like, you know about planes? I was, you know, I'm just trying to get in with him, trying to talk about something that he knows about. You're also flirting with Jimmy. <laughs> I'm also man flirting. Yeah, absolutely. So good on her. I thought it was a lovely day. And I love seeing people change their minds. It's one of my favorite things. It's why I get so frustrated with politics because people never do it. But I love seeing people change their minds. And I love seeing this lovely lady, Steph, kind of go, ah, maybe, maybe there's something else going on here. Hmm, that was quite nice. And there was a kiss, there was a rose. It was lovely. And then she came back and went, hey, there was a kiss, there was a rose. It was lovely. I know. And like everyone's <laughs> going to have different thoughts about this because some people, it's so interesting. When I was in the mansion, there's always this tension around kissing and telling. The difficulty is, is that wherever you are placed in the, uh, I hate to use the word competition, but however you are sort of placed in Jimmy's love journey and whatever your interactions have been with him really colours how you feel about people kissing and telling. Like obviously if you have formed a connection with The Bachelor and you're feeling you're like crushing hard, obviously your feelings are going to be hurt if someone walks in and says, oh, yeah, we shared a kiss. Mm. But if you were someone like me, for instance, let's call me, I was a montage girl. I didn't get the, like, one-on-one time, slipped past, middle of the pack. I never really had any, like, I didn't get a single date. And so that coloured how I felt when people would come back from their one-on-one time or their single dates. Everyone's asking them, oh, did you kiss him? And if people said no to me, I was like, oh, give it up. Like, come on, just like give me something. I'm bloody sitting in the mansion watching Law and Order NCVU. I'm on the 34th season. Come on, give me some juice. But obviously there's there's a very big difference between whether you are Alicia Aiken Radburn in the mansion or whether you're Brooke Blurton and you've already formed a connection with The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely get it. Was it caveat emptor? It's very much like, okay, you are signing up to a situation where you are willingly putting yourself into a house full of people who are all romantically, you know, looking to connect with the same person. You are willingly walking out into that waterfall of communication about how everyone else's relationship's going. It's not like, you know, you don't know what this is. This is what it is. And you are willingly walking. It may not be as intense as you expect it, and that's fine. Yet to expect that everyone's going to be quiet about it, I don't, I don't know if that's a reasonable request. You know, I mean, and some people just go, this is what, this is where we are and this is what's going on. Or how dare she? If you're a how dare she person, you might have a tricky time dealing with where you are. I also think that we've seen this through other seasons as well. I think there's a vast difference between being like, oh yeah, we, we had a really nice kiss. I got a rose, blah, blah, blah. I'm feeling really good about the date. And there is dragging it on through a number of days being like, Mm. basically when you're trying to, you're seeing where the pack of girls is and how they're feeling about The Bachelor and you're trying to elevate yourselves above them and actually sort of, yeah, you're actually trying to make other girls feel nervous about their connection with The Bachelor by sort of raising yourself up and being like, yes, we had this amazingly beautiful connection. Oh, wow. It's hard. I never think about it. This is like when I watch Survivor with Audrey, I'm like, oh, I'd, lo- I'd love to be on the show, but I would get voted out on day one because I don't know how to do that sort of thing. Unfortunately, something in my brain only allows me to take people on face value. I can't think beyond that. I can't think beyond intention. 
beyond the perceived intention. And it makes sometimes it makes me very good at my job because this is directly communicating to you. But it makes it very difficult for very subtle social situations where I don't understand the back channel diplomacy of things. So I would never think to do that or think that that was going on. Yes. I would be a terrible bachelor and or survivor contestant. There was a beach date, which i got to say, you know, you're putting a bunch of, shall we say, affection-deprived ladies together in a room and then go, okay, we're only going to let you at the bloke with the rig every now and again and then go, oh, by the way, here's his mate who's also single. <laughs> like, I don't know about that situation because when I saw them Baywatching it up the beach, I was like, all right. All right, this is your show. You guys, I'm just here to host it. <laughs> Jimmy's very secure in himself. Like, I'm just bringing along this other hot friend. Don't talk to him too much, but do get to know him. He's my good friend. He's my good mate. Yeah, they were. it was pretty, it was pretty special. But it was good because they're really tight. Those two are really, really tight. And Jim really appreciates his input. And that's a very early point in the show to start getting your friend's family reflection on everybody which is real interesting and then finn you know they spent the day and they kind of hang out holly though had a bit of a mischief holly did not do well i mean i was there tatum how do you think tatum took what what went on with holly okay so two things firstly when you've got a friend or family member come into the picture on the bachelor i feel like the girls have to be quite careful with the way that they conduct themselves in the sense that everyone's quite nervous and it's very high stakes. And I remember on Honey Badger season, we had his family come in and there were two activities with his dad, I think it was. There was a group of girls playing touch footy and with his brother, there was a group of girls in the pool. And it just got to this point where like, you've just got to be a bit balanced about how much attention and how sort of like I I got to the extent that like some girls were so nervous about making sure that the brother fed back to the bachelor. Oh, I really like this girl that it was a bit like clingy and creepy in a sense, like really vying for the bachelor's brother's attention. And I think that clearly Tatum struck the right balance here with Finn because Finn did sort of seemed to think that she was great. And now taking us to the Holly situation, I recently watched, Glenn and I watched this episode of Bondi Rescue narrated by... Some guy. My fellow podcaster. (laughs) I don't know if you remember the episode, Osha, but basically there was this swimmer that was in a very similar situation to Holly. He breathed water into his lungs. And I didn't really realise until Glenn told me that that is a really serious situation. Secondary drowning, yeah, it will kill you. Yeah, the guy on Bondi Rescue was like, pardon the language, but like he was fully vomiting on the beach and the, the lifesavers were really worried mm. about him. And he ended up, I think he did. they did get paramedics in there. So mm. I think Tatum needed to give Holly a little bit of a break here because, you know, it goes back to the thing about trying to impress somebody. I think sometimes when you're faced with a situation like paddleboarding, which might be kind of foreign to you Mm. and you might not feel super confident about it. I think sometimes, and I sort of pick this up with Holly, you sort of fake it till you make it and you just want to be really enthusiastic. Mm. But the byproduct of that is, you know, she's literally inhaled some water. So yeah. And look, safety is absolutely paramount on 
any of our shows. I can't even begin to tell you the COVID safe protocols that we even start with. Like we're trying to make a show about people making out during a global pandemic, all right? The bubbles that exist within bubbles behind bubbles to keep these people safe so that they can just make out as much as they want if they want. Yes. It's bananas. What you don't see on camera is just incredible. The amount of like we get tested all the time. Anyway. Can you tell us a little bit about it? What can you tell us? Uh, Cocktails and Roses exclusive. Like is it all face mask stuff? Are we talking face shields? Absolutely. No one, absolutely no one comes anywhere near, like it's a very standard operating procedure for any kind of film and television crew in that audio, do not talk to lighting. Lighting, do not talk to cameras. Cameras, do not, like everyone stays in their pod. Everything is over radios. No one actually touches each other or comes near each other. Yes. Everything is wiped down. If somebody hands me a, a microphone, it's wiped down and handed, like I basically pull it out of an, a disinfectant wipe to, to put it on my body. All right. Everyone's contained in their own pods. We're tested twice a week on site. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They Warner Brothers and Tent take it really, really, really seriously. And so that extends to any date that we do. There is there's risk assessments. There's safety officers. It's full on. Yes. Like every because we have to keep these people safe. You know, they're the stars of our show. We have to look after them. And plus, you know, no one should be going to work and be put at risk. So when what happened with Holly happened, absolutely she was off to hospital. Show or no show. You know, see you, bye. You're out of here. Yes. And it was, you know, it was what it was, and it was also taken as seriously as it was warranted to. And and we, we take the safety of the people that come on our show and work on our show beyond everything, beyond absolutely everything. If it looks risky, it's because we've filmed it to look risky, but never, ever, ever is anyone in any danger. Mm-hmm. And if they are, we take every precaution possible. And this is exactly why Holly went to hospital. You know, I mean, I, I saw it all happen, and as a precautionary measure, having done sixteen seasons of Bondi Rescue, uh, yeah, secondary drowning is not big, is nothing to mess with. So, yeah, it was just a bonus that she got to have a little bit of quiet time with Jimmy, checking in on her and popping her in a car. <laughs> Good prep for the cocktail party. Look, it's it's important. All right, and uh, I was disappointed that they didn't let me do the Bondi Rescue voice for that bit, but hey. What can I say? She did make it to the cocktail party where everyone, um, what do they dress up as? Animals. We had a whole zoo. (laughs) We had a whole zoo. It was a full moon and everyone was dressed up. We had turtles. We had, was there a tiger? There was a hawk. That was my favourite outfit. It looked very like Mardi Gras. Hawk's my favourite wiggle. Hawk's the guest wiggle. He's pretty good. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hawk's pretty good. God, things have changed since my day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a, there was a sloth involved. There was uh, a bearded chicken. That was the hawk. But uh, all right. <laughs> and that was Tatum. And basically, uh, I, I can't remember who said it, but someone hit a sore spot. And I get it. But because I don't know, maybe you're feeling you, you've done all this hair and makeup to make yourself look like this glamorous hawk. And then someone said to her that she looks like a bin chicken. Mm. And she also interpreted it as bin and chicken. So I think she was feeling fairly sensitive. Um, but I think she looked beautiful and clearly not an ibis. Yeah. I went to Sydney Uni. I've seen bulk. I buy in my time. And l- let me tell you, if you want to be any animal, be an ibis because the ibis is the survivor. The ibis is the one that has... Ibis are the smart... You know how smart ibis are, Alicia? Ibis on the Gold Coast, fun aviation time here. Ibis, a bird strike from an ibis at Coolangatta Airport in 1996 nearly took out an A330, fully packed A330 with 280 people on board. 
So after that, Gold Coast City Council went, we might have to do some population control here. They're a protected species. So that means just basically, how do I put this? Uh, making certain eggs in nests non-viable. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. But that's population control. Anyway, the Ibis at the Corumban Wildlife Sanctuary figured out that, hang on, when those people show up, I don't have enough babies. Okay, so the Ibis at the Corumban Wildlife Sanctuary built their nest on top of the saltwater crocodile enclosure. <laughs> like, they never come in here. This is where we're building our nest. Adaptation at its finest. Be an Ibis. If you're going to be anything, be an Ibis. Well, I appreciated the sloth as well because I like anything that gives me a chance to sort of recall American Batchy. And famously, one of the women on the red carpet in America, it was in Colton Underwood season. And obviously, because it's America, their hook for the whole season was that he was a virgin. And one of the girls dressed up as a sloth on the red carpet. And she's like moving really slowly towards him because like he wants to take it slow. So I was glad we had our own sloth. Amazing. (laughs) In the middle of uh, you may not realize the geography of the backyard there. At the mansion. Do you call it a backyard? I don't know. It's a paddock with a lot of pergolas involved. There's a hot tub, and not just a small hot tub. There's like, a, I've just won the Formula One, let's have an after-party size hot tub. It is gigantic. Jimmy was in there, and Ash was in there with him. Everyone was a bit peeved about that. I understand, because the shot that we got of Ash getting into the hot tub, let's just say she has particularly particular assets that I think the other girl, she puts the ass in assets. She's a dancer. Yeah, she. I mean, the, the, the glutes were looking amazing. Shout out to Ash. You are, you did not... If I was going to dress up as an animal that night, I would just put... That's getting a bit Silence of the Lambsy-ish. She's a dance teacher. She's All she does is dance. All right. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, I'm nearly 50 and I was really ashamed of my body for most of my 20s. I wish that I took my shirt off way more mm. because you'll never look that good again. You'll never look as young as you look today. Oh, my gosh. If my butt looked like that, I would just do the whole show with no pants on. <laughs> Not like this doesn't show enough of my butt. Can you give me a higher dress, please? Yeah. No, no, no. Higher. Higher. Okay. All right. I'll just go no pants. Thanks. Bye. And that would it. That'd be it. That'd be it. I am a big fan of Ash. I thought it was a really great move. And I am also a really, I cannot help it. I'm a big fan of Sierra. She wanted to be a koala. And she literally says in her voxy with the producer, because she she wanted to be a koala because she likes sleeping and she has had chlamydia. And I just think she is (laughs) just a crack up. Haven't we all? Speak for yourself, Osha. Alicia, if if you haven't broken a bone snowboarding, you're probably not doing it right. I have had that many STI tests in the last four years, thanks to my multiple reality TV shows where you guys really do the full, like, there is no messing around. Health and safety. (laughs) Health and safety. There is no messing around. I like, yeah. I remember walking into my doctor and, uh, 
it would have been I was collecting my test results for Bachelor in Paradise season two. And I, you know, every time you get your blood test back, you're a bit like, oh, come on. And well, I was like, I literally audibly was like, yes, because I didn't have an STI. And he was like, hey, 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 you're, you're meant to be like, you shouldn't even be worried about that. Please be using condoms. Yeah. <laughs> Please practice At all times. At all times. Love it, Sierra. She's a classic. Uh, she was. She did. She felt the tension at the RC, but um, it was a goodbye to Eleanor. Uh, off she went, and uh, she got a whispery farewell. We're gonna. There's a lot more to talk to after the break. There's jet skis involved. We finally get to the jet skis. So stay with us here on Cocktails and Roses. We're back on Cocktails and Roses. I'm Osha Ginsberg. That's Alicia Aitken Radburn. We finally fe- we finally see a jet ski on Jimmy's single date with Jay. And I thought we'd never get there, to be honest. Oh, I was so happy to see it. And so was Glenn. Anytime there's some sort of like, you know, he's from Perth. And plus he's like worked. Glenn has like, you know, straight to an apprentice at um, Ford and Doon. It is like one of the really big aircon companies over here. Apprentice at 18, jet ski at 22. That was Glenn's trajectory. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Before the first car, please tell me before the first car. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think he was in the work unit. So he's got, he's like just typical, got a Hilux and a bloody huge jet ski out at Hillary's. <laughs> that's so, that's, and, and, and that's the way nature intended. But yeah. what I love in, tr- in true bachelor fashion, and what's hilarious is like, Sometimes art imitates life. And I've joked when I'm doing uh, interviews to promo the show, people go like, "Why? what's going on? I was like, because it's The Bachelor. Why would you take an Uber when you can take a helicopter? And my joke was take the helicopter to the jet ski to the super yacht where the cheese platter is. And sure enough, on this date, they took a helicopter to a jet ski. It was two out of three. I was pretty happy about that. I reckon you'll get your... We've still got a lot of episodes to go, Osh. <laughs> We could do the we could do the trio, the helicopters for the jet ski to the yacht. And then there was a, a lot of very fast driving involved. Oh yeah. There was a lot going on that day. Of course you can't just be on a jet ski. You've got to we are on the bachelor, up the ante once more, and Jay was wearing a blindfold, tucked nicely behind Jimmy, hands around the waist, good place to be. We've already seen through this series that Jimmy's looking I mean, Abby Chatfield had Jimmy on her podcast a couple of weeks ago and she was, <laughs> I think she was thinking maybe I wanted to come in as an intruder on this season because we've seen that Jimmy has cheese grater abs and Jay. <laughs> There's a riggedy rig, rig, rig going on. I think, you know, around here in this part, of, he lives in the same part of the city I do. And when Jimmy's alarm clock goes off, Every backyard chicken just suddenly goes silent, going, shh, he's awake. Stay quiet. Stay quiet until he's gone to work. And then when they see the plane take off, they're like, oh, finally. He's a one-man death machine as far as chickens are concerned. And broccoli broccoli in my front yard is terrified. Whenever Jimmy shows up, terrified. It takes me back to Brittany Weldon on um, Bachelor in Paradise. Someone walked in and she goes, oh, 
I can tell you where your chicken. He <laughs> can tell you where your chicken. Here's a man who looks like he weighs his chicken. And that's right. <laughs> so good. But Jay and Jimmy seem to have a lot of chemistry. I mm. so oh, they didn't go to the super yacht, but they did go to the racetrack yeah. and race some beautiful MG Motors cars with a bunch of good safety features. <laughs> Listen, TV's expensive. And, you know, it doesn't pay for itself. Yeah. And that's all I can say. Osher is the Hebrew word for integration. A lot of people don't know that, but it's true. Jay got a lot of passion. Oh, my God. They were going for it. A lot of passion. Seems like a big connection going on here. Well, how do you rate it? Oh, I thought it was very, very spicy. They're very, yeah. And I, they did have some good substantial conversation. And I just got to say, nothing against it. But Jimmy is really doing the rounds. <laughs> He's not afraid to, uh, you got to make sure that the, you can't like be three quarters of the way into establishing a connection and then have the kiss and be like, mm, I'm not about it. So all power to him, to be honest. It's super important. It's super important to, as uh, as someone from Brisbane, you know, it's, I'll tell you, I'll say it all again, you know, you've got to go on all the rides at the Ecker before you find the one you want to stay in all day. <laughs> Very important. And you're right. Like, you don't want to get, and I've been there, Alicia. I've I've been there and, like, thought I was into someone such and such as that. And then when they kissed me, I was like, ah. Yeah, it's a hard one to learn how to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm the same. You know, I've had, you know, uh, women that I've been with go, can you kiss me a little differently? Can you not do that thing when you kiss me? And I try to take instruction, you know, I try to do my best, but you kind of want to not have to do that, you know? Yeah, you sort of, I, I do think that there is some kiss compatibility, which takes us to our next date, which I have to say, Osha, as a montage girl, I am... Like, I'm kind of moved by the producers of The Bachelor constructing this particular compatibility challenge because basically what we see is the five women who have probably we've seen less of or have not only that we've like, I mean, we've seen a lot of Sierra and her chlamydia in the past, but, you know, post, I, mean, I, gotta, I gotta say she had chlamydia once upon a time. Look, if you're not... Like I said, you know, it, it's it ha and and she got it from someone, so someone else had it. Come on, it's it's oh, this happens. It's just a it's par for the course, Alicia. It's par for the course. It is, this is the game you play. You like they tackle hard in the NRL. Like if you are going to get out there and exactly have partners and get out there and see what the world is about, you are going to occasionally, you know, accidentally fall over and hurt yourself. That's just what it, it's part of it. Correct. Thankfully, there's antibiotics and everything will be all right for most things. So we get to see our fave Sierra, obviously, <laughs> and we're getting deeper into the into Jimmy's love journey now. Mm. And some of these girls would have not had very much substantial time with him. Yeah, like if if you haven't been on a single date at this point, you've probably just had a couple of chats at cocktail parties. Yeah, and we know how the cocktail parties run. Like you're getting ten minutes here, yeah, ten minutes there before he gets whisked away to a business lounge or Ash goes. By the way, did you know I'm a dance teacher? <laughs> Exactly. And a lovely one and a smart and powerful young woman. She's incredible. I think she's great. I think Ash is great. We're talking about the Avatar challenge. Yeah, tell me about these avatars. I thought they were going to be intruders. No. Well, a part of it, I guess it's a little like the idea of, you know, 
it's it's a little like the masked singer. Yes. It's about this is not about how famous this person is or the momentum of their fame or what you expect when you see their face. It's purely about their voice. So this was purely about their words, purely about their words. There was nothing you couldn't see their face. He didn't know who was who. It was actually really interesting. It was, you know, technically a little tricky, but we figured it out. And I thought it was a really fascinating way to do things until Sierra's unkind of mentioned chlorophobia or fear of clowns showed up and our very odd clown. And that was a scary clown. Well, look, let's be honest. You know, how do I put this? These people were actors, okay? And clown was like, and here's my chance at the award. Oh. Here I go. Back off. Six years at Whopper. I'm ready. I'm ready. Clown's like, neighbours casting, are you watching? Because <laughs> Are you watching? He really leaned in. He leaned in real hard. Real hard. Damn, I love it. <laughs> to the point where Sierra basically had a bit of a meltdown because it was super, just a bit too weird. Yeah, and there was a lot of tension between Sierra and Ash through this whole date. Ashley, I should say, our, uh, distinguishing her from Spa Ash. Um, but, yeah, there was heaps of tension through this whole thing, which was kind of uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable I thought. But Ashley triumphed. The letters were really nice. Weren't they lovely? Powerful. It was really, really nice. And I, I thought it was a really great way to break down Jimmy's perhaps uh, initial perceptions that he may have got, yes. particularly if it was someone that showed up in a, in a montage and he maybe didn't get a great click with them straight away. It was a great way for him to go, oh, hang on, there's something else going on here. Oh, my, how did I miss this the first time around? Which is fair enough. When you suddenly meet 20-something people all in one night, no one is going to blame you for you know missing something that came through, particularly when you're an hour two or three of, of saying hello to people. Oh. I think that it happens in the real world all the time. All like the we time. always hear stories of people sort of moving through life. Maybe they've been in particular workplaces or friendship groups and they've never really seen someone in maybe they've just, you know, life is busy. Maybe they've had other partners and they're recently single or maybe they just have never considered a particular person in a romantic context. Yeah. And as soon as you allow yourself to be sort of open to that person in that way, I think things can sort of move very fast for people. You always hear things like, oh, we, we were really good friends for like eight years and then one night we banged <laughs> and then we married. <laughs> I've heard that plenty of times. Our producer Rachel is putting her hand up and look, you know, that's often the way it goes. <laughs> oh, love it. That's But it's hard to make a TV show out of eight years of friendship and then the one night we banged and now we're married. It's hard. That's, that's, it's a great origin story but it's hard to make a TV show out of that. When Ashley, those barriers did get broken down and Jimmy selected Ashley for the time to spend by themselves, very quickly, though, they figured out they're not on the same page. Not on the same page around kids, which is a very important conversation to have. And it's it can be a tricky conversation to have, but you got to have it. And if the answer is not what you want on either end, you got to sack up and you got to go. Oh, yeah, Definitely. When me and me and Glenn were doing some negotiating while we were watching the episode, I was 
I think Jimmy said five years and, you know, often like me and Glenn will always chat about our future children, but I find it hard to get a clear timeline out of him. And I was like, okay, you give me uh, what month, what, what, what year, what are we looking at? How old's Glenn now? We were, uh, he is 30. He just turned 34. Right. And he was thinking he posited to me 37 I obviously negotiated that back one year. I've gone 30. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, could we uh, maybe like, yeah, 12 months. And so we've negotiated, I reckon, probably about two years away. It takes a while to make a baby. And look, allow me to just tell tell Glenn from a man with a hip replacement and a 17-year-old who's nearly 50, oh. the amount of running around <laughs> you've got to do, even when she was like in her early teens, even before that, the amount of running around you've got to do, the amount of... Like your body starts to fall to bits after 40. And yeah, I would say to you, pull the goalie today because you just start fast forwarding to how old you're going to be when they're 15, 16, 17. Like far out, man. It's hectic. I believe the um, analogy that we used last season was a ping pong ball through a moving car. (laughs) Into a cup holder. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But don't, don't like, Alicia, I, I know so this is Cocktails and Roses and it's all about, you know, uh, the Bachelor season nine with Jimmy, but it's it's important when you're having these baby conversations to, to put a larger context in it. It's not like high school phys ed class, all right? If you take your pants off in the same room as a member of the opposite sex, you won't suddenly get pregnant, particularly after the age of 30. It can take a while. And so you might have the best plans to go, okay, I've got my long service leave coming up. So by March next year, boom, baby town. Nah, doesn't work like that. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. One other thing I think is interesting to raise as well, and I was thinking about this in the context of Jimmy. This is a larger conversation. I'd be really interested to hear from our listeners what they think. But I also think COVID has sort of changed the context for some people. Like Jimmy is what? I think he's like 31, 32. 32. And his timeline, he says to Ashley, is five years. And I understand that because you might be in a relationship and you might want to do some travel and like really spend those beautiful four, five years together. But like, it's kind of hard if you can't travel. I'm like, I'm sort of switching up the timeline a bit. I'm like, maybe I'll just like go backpacking with a baby strapped to me. (laughs) I've got one of those backpacks and I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. I've got one of those big backpacks we put Wolf in. It's super fun. And I'll put this to you, Alicia. Whatever fun you think the two of you are having having together, yes, it's difficult for getting the sleep. Yes, you don't really notice the days. They do kind of blend into each other. Yes, it is the never-ending laundry. But <laughs> absolutely everything that you do together becomes 57,000 times more awesome and more fun. So you, the two of you can stand there and look at the Champs-Élysées and go, isn't it great we went to Paris? But... The two of you standing there watching your little toddler realise that their feet make footprints in the sand for the first time is a billion times better. And that other thing is just a bunch of stone in a faraway place. (laughs) This thing is is incredible and is way more fun and way beats travel. Seriously, fuck Instagram for making everyone think that travelling overseas is the best thing in life. The best thing in life is you want to create memories with your partner, make a baby together, and then the two of you can focus your love on... And it's amazing. Just do it, Leash. Pull the goalie, for God's sake. I tell you who needed this speech, Osha. You really needed to walk in and do Ashley a solid and just talk Jimmy around off his five-year timeline because uh, Ashley needed a hand because Jimmy literally 
took her outside and I get it. Like I really respect him and I know who you're going to bring up in this situation, Osha. You're going to talk about Sam Wood for the upteenth time because I know you loved how sort of direct he was at sort of moving through how he felt about girls and being very, you know, direct with those women as well. Yeah. And Jimmy chooses to do that. Jimmy basically has a chat with Ashley on the couch, says, look, I, and and Ashley was so gloriously graceful with how she took the chat. Yeah. And she said, she was, she was basically saying, look, if you, I understand if you can't, if you don't feel that initial spark, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And she gets escorted outside, just heartbreaking. Yeah. And then you walked in. Yeah, gave it a bit of the old she's not coming back whisper, which uh, as a speech pathologist she would tell me is not great for my voice. So actually, you know, speaking in full voice is, is far better if you're trying to rest your voice and she would know. I just, yeah, if you're listening, just pull the goalie, just do it. It's it's never going to be the right time. Oh, she just wants everyone to have babies immediately. If you're thinking about it, no, I'm seriously. If you don't want to have kids, don't have kids. Life's amazing. Go and don't have kids. But if you want to have kids, do it. Do it now because the younger you are when it happens, the easier it is, the the better it is. The the better the more fun the two of you will have to travel once they're grown up because you won't be like hobbling around on some river cruise oh, with a bunch true. of jerrys. <laughs> You'll have a good time. Yeah, I, I also like. I feel like I want to do the river cruise when I'm fully like over it and done it. Like I want to, you know, then 25, then I'll be ready for the like European. <laughs> but then you'll be on a river cruise with a bunch of other people who are fully over it that just do nothing but complain about the buffet. Fuck that. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not for me. Anyway, well, we started with talking about Jimmy and the girls and we ended up with me just like saying, if, if you want, don't want to have kids, don't have children. But if you want to have kids, do it now because now's the best time. Now's the best time. There's no in five years and there's no in three years. Just do it. I'll take that away. Just do it. It's great. <laughs> You'll have a blast. I spent an hour this morning playing Play-Doh with Wolf and it was one of the best hours of my life. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> it's true though. It's true. Like I'm, I'm sitting there rolling balls of Play-Doh down the inside of a foam roller and the joy and delight in his life was like, this is amazing. The Bachelor is back, Channel 10, Wednesday, 7.30, uh, to find out if Jimmy and his journey and his quest and his adventure for true love will continue and make its way on time to its destination. Thanks for listening to Cocktails and Roses. This is a 10 Speaks podcast. If you missed the last week's show, you want to check out anything else from The Bachelor, find out all the podcasts, Cocktails and Roses, 10 Speaks on 10 Play. You can also find any episode of The Bachelor at 10play.com.au. Thank you very much, Alicia Aiken-Radbert, uh, Rachel Barrett and Ali Aitken. For making this show, if you like this podcast, the best thing you can do for us is tell a mate.